Who's ready to rock today, Fire Nation? JLD here, and welcome to episode 1733 of EO Fire, where I share with today's most inspiring entrepreneurs seven days a week. Create your dream life one step at a time, Fire Nation, with my book, How to Finally Win. Visit howtofinallywin.com to learn more. And now let's chat with today's featured guest, Liz Dolan. Liz, are you prepared to ignite? Prepared, ready, more than ready. Yes. It's just, it's spilling over. (laughs) Liz is the co-host of the podcast, I Hate My Boss, and one of the leading marketers in the world. During her career, she's been the chief marketing officer at Nike, Oprah Winfrey Network, and National Geographic Channels, as well as longtime host of the award-winning Satellite Sisters radio show and podcast. Liz, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro, and give us just a little glimpse of your personal life. Yeah, I think I uh, maybe the entrepreneurial spirit has always been in me because for all of those corporate things that you just named, I've also always had my own side creative projects. That's how we created Satellite Sisters and other things. Uh, I live here in Santa Monica, California. I uh, I have seven brothers and sisters, so I think. That dining room table is how I learned to, you know, hold my own. And where were you in that number? The middle, of course. I I am number four of eight. So there are three boys and five girls. And I'm, I'm number four right in the middle. Wow. Very impressive. And what I kind of want to talk about now real quick is what you consider today your area of expertise. I think it's brands, which is a wildly, wildly overused word. So, you know, the first thing I like to do is slap people down when they misuse it. Every time somebody <laughs> in my presence says, well, I'm going to rebrand this or rebrand that, I feel I say to them, okay, that's not a brand. That is a graphic package you're talking about. A brand is your heart and your soul and your values and what you really stand for. And I think I, I learned a lot of that during my early years when I was working at Nike. And I can remember that the founder and CEO of Nike saying to me one time, his name is Phil Knight, and he said, you know, we are a marketing organization, but our number one marketing tool is our product. And that seems like such a simple thing, but it really was kind of a light bulb. Like if you don't, if your product doesn't tell a story, then there's no amount of marketing, so-called marketing in the world that's going to have you find an audience. So I feel like that combination, that's my sweet spot. Yeah, and I love that. And Fire Nation, if you haven't, by the way, read the book, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. I actually was in San Diego recently. I was about to go on this epic run. I'm like, I should download an audio book. And I downloaded that one and I ended up running like almost equivalent to a marathon. Of course, I walked a lot, but I just wanted to keep listening to that. So I didn't want to like stop my run slash walk. It's such a good book. So many value bombs. And to what Liz is saying right now, it's, you know, it's not like I'm going to rebrand my podcast logo and like that gives you a new brand. It's everything that you do. Like when you see EO Fire, it's, you know, Fire Nation, you're my audience, you know, are you prepared to ignite, you know, everything I have is flames and fire. And I try to issue all of that into my brand. And again, I'm here to, to learn from Liz, how I can even do more of that, which we'll be talking about today. But first and foremost, Liz, it really seems like, you know, you've just had this rock star path. I mean, Oprah Winfrey, Nike, uh, National Geographic, the Satellite Sisters, you've had a lot of huge wins, a lot of huge successes. But Right now, I want to hear a story from you of your worst entrepreneurial moment to date. So Liz, don't pull any punches. Take us to that moment in time. Tell us that story. It's so interesting that I've come around to a point in my life where 
my new podcast is all about giving people people advice, you know, and I hate my boss because for me, that moment, like the worst moment was the first time I got promoted into a really big job. Mm. And I think that for a lot of people, you know, it's, it, that is a really, really terrifying moment. And I made all of the mistakes. So this is when I was at Nike. It was when I first became the chief marketing officer. And I made all of those first time boss mistakes. Give us like a real story of like the juiciest yes. mistake. Yeah. Okay, so here's one. So I always felt like I needed to be the smartest person in the room, right? You overcompensate by being tougher than you need to be. <laughs> so I remember getting into a fight with this guy. He ran sort of the basketball department and you know I was his boss but he had been there so much longer than me and I just was not listening to what he had to say about his expertise because I was so focused on showing him like I'm the boss you need to listen to me and so we got into this giant fight about something that I can't even recall in the moment what it was but I got myself so backed into a corner and so twisted around that at a certain point the only thing I could get up Oh, the only thing I could do was get up and leave the room, like storm out of the room. And I, I closed the door behind me and then I got out in the hall and I was like, oh my God, what did I just do? <laughs> that was like the stupidest, like dramatic flourish. Like I did it to try to show like dominance and you can't talk to me that way. And it did exactly the opposite of everything I was trying to accomplish. It just made me look like I was out of control and didn't understand that the fundamental values you want in a boss is someone who can listen to all kinds of ideas from all kinds of people and everyone is learning, not just the people reporting to the boss. So it was terrifying. So then that later that day, I went into that person's office and I shut the door and I did apologize. And I explained that like, I think I just got carried away with the idea that I'm in charge. And it was a it was a total learning for me. So even though it was one of my worst moments as any kind of a boss, leader, person in a corporation, it was a huge lesson that really turned me around. Yeah, I'll tell you, sometimes we need that. Like I've had a couple experiences in the past where I've done something and it just ended up being such a mistake. But I'll tell you, it hurts so bad in the moments and, and of yes. course for a while afterwards that I've encountered many situations since then that I could very likely have made the exact same mistake, but I never will know because it's literally seared into my heart of what happened the first time and I am never going to make that mistake again. That is a lesson I will never forget. And Liz, speaking of lessons, what is the one thing you want to make sure Fire Nation, our listeners, really get from that story? That you do not ever need to feel like you are the only one who knows what they're doing. Never believe that your job is to prove that you are the smartest person in the room. Uh, what I learned on that day and has been reinforced many times to me is that, you know, we can, everyone can be smart or everyone can be honest. And in any kind of a company, you are way better if everyone is just being honest all yeah. the time. If you're really dealing openly and honestly with each other, I should should be able to admit in a, in a meeting that, oh, tell me more. I don't understand that. Tell me more about that. And I learned how to do that on that day too. Like admit what you don't know, be honest about what you don't know, and also demand that of other people too. So that was the huge takeaway. And this day more than ever, Fire Nation, if you're in a room full of people 
everybody in that room is the smartest person in that room on one specific thing because they all have their area of expertise. I have my area of expertise where I'm the best in the room at something, but then I'm not at everything else. So just recognize that, hey, we live in a, in a time where people can really niche down. They can become experts in something amazing that we need. And we haven't spent the time, energy, and efforts to become experts in that. And we shouldn't because we should be focusing on our strengths. So stay in your lane, know what you're great at, and know what you're not great at, and let other people step up and shine there. Now, for you, Liz, you've had some great ideas over the years. I mean, some wonderful aha moments. Take us to one of the greatest ideas that you've had to date and tell us that story. Well, it's very much about being an entrepreneur because I always had this corporate life, you know, working at Nike and working at the Oprah Winfrey Network, working for National Geographic Channel, but on the side, uh, when we first created Satellite Sisters, we were on the radio for many years. And then, you know, in the sort of late 2000s, the radio business really started to change dramatically and go away. But over here, there was this little thing called podcasting <laughs> that was being born. But Liz, let me just pause you for one second, because I'm curious, because I actually wasn't in radio at that time. I wasn't even in podcasting at that time either. What were kind of the first telltale signs that you were like, uh-oh, radio's not quite what it used to be? For us, what it meant, so I did I did a talk show uh, that was about women's issues and news and, you know, it was humor sure. and everything, but I could see in all of the consolidation of the radio companies, the big distribution companies, there were fewer and fewer companies that were really niching themselves into very specific kinds of shows, most of which were either purely political or purely in the talk show area, let's say, purely political or purely sports. So this, we were in this world of a general interest talk show where we covered a little bit of everything and it was fun and it was, you know, but we, we did interviews and I could just see that in the future, companies were not going to be interested in that. They, they had just decided we're going all in on political talk or all in on sports talk. Got it. And, uh, and there were only, as they all consolidated, there were only two or three companies left. And we at the time, we were with ABC Radio and then uh, Bob Iger, who's still the CEO of that company, decided he didn't want to be in that business anymore. Mm. So he literally sold off ABC Radio to a company that I knew was not going to be interested in our show. And we had, it was such a fork in the road. We had a decision we had to make right then. Did we just want to say, okay, well, that was a great run. Uh, let's all go back to our day jobs or let's figure out something else. Um, or could we make this transition into the new technology? Podcasting had been born. We could produce the show ourselves. You know, the show was called Satellite Sisters because back in the day, you needed a satellite to right. do what we did. Well, you know, here we are doing this right now. We don't need a satellite anymore. Nope. So that was the aha moment. Like, if we really love this, if we really want to continue doing this, we can do it on our own. We can be 100% in control, but it does require that we learn all of the new skills to, you know, editing, all the technology that was being reinvented every year. We needed to, uh, to learn that. And we made the decision to do that, that it was important enough for us to stick with it. And, and it was really such a, it was a beautiful transition for us creatively, too, because now we could really be whoever we wanted to be and do whatever we wanted to do. Now, my biggest takeaway is, Fire Nation, keep your finger on the pulse. I mean, this world yeah. that we change in, it's so cyclical. Things are coming and going. You know, what was cool in 1980 is now coming back and it's cool in 2017. And what was cool in the 90s might never be cool again. You just have to 
have your finger on the pulse and see where you are right now. And I love something that Gary Vaynerchuk says is, if you're not trying to put yourself out of business every single day, uh, then you're eventually going to lose. And what that means is, if you're not trying to think of ways that you're going to be put out of business uh, before it actually happens, then it's going to happen to you without you being able to pivot or adjust or make things happen. So just think about, hey, what could happen to podcasting? Like, is somehow holograms going to become the next thing where someone like just right. teleported into your like <laughs> yeah. sitting down with like, you know, whoever you're like, hey, let's have a conversation here. Like, who knows? But you have to be having these thoughts and, and it's really super important. But that's my takeaway, Liz. What do you, and just maybe one sentence, want to make sure our listeners get from that aha moment? You can invent the future as much as anyone else can. You know, if you're waiting around for someone to send you the memo about this is the future <laughs> of your business or your technology, you are just going to completely going to to miss your chance to stay alive. Yeah, it's so true in Fire Nation. If you're waiting for that memo, um, it ain't coming, number one. And yeah. by the way, if it does somehow sneak through, um, it's not your path because it's, it's pretty dated. So Liz, let's talk about today. What are you most fired up about right now? Right now, I have to admit that I'm very fired up about the summer about to begin. So I've been working on what what is my annual uh, beach bag books list. <laughs> so all of the things <laughs> that dur- during the year you don't have time to read. Uh, but I buy the books and, and I still like good old fashioned books sometimes instead of, you know, a Kindle or something. So I've been spending the last few days really thinking about my reading list for this summer, the things I really need to put into my uh, creative, to inspire the creative sparks in my brain that I really use these books to do. Very cool. And why don't you give our listeners maybe a little rundown of a podcast that I've listened to a couple episodes of. Very interesting. It's really coming at a new unique angle, which is I Hate My Boss. Oh, okay. So the first thing is, we don't want anyone to hate their boss. The whole point of the show is, please, we just need to all be better bosses. We need to be better employees. So I am one host. My co-host is a guy named Larry Seal, who's an executive coach. And we talk about the sort of people skills you need to get along in the workplace. In the same way, if you were calling into a podcast or writing into for to an advice columnist about personal advice, about getting along with your partner or your family or whatever to provide that same kind of advice for the people skills, the emotional intelligence, the uh, the self-awareness, all the things you need to flourish in the workplace because we spend so much time at work. I have always believed that the people that you work with make or break your work experience. Mm. It's not about the task. It's about like the environment and uh, the people that you work with. So that's the goal of our show. We we take um, callers and we take uh, emails and we sort of help people understand what they can do to just have more fun in their workplace. Fire Nation, give it a listen. It's a very unique strategy um, and setup of the podcast, so I really got to enjoy that. And we actually had Hernan Lopez of Wondery on the show last week, so it was great getting to talk to him. So if you haven't chatted, uh, if you haven't listened uh, to the episode where I chatted with Hernan, definitely go give that a listen. It was about a week ago, um, and it was a great episode. And Fire Nation, don't you go anywhere, because we're about to crush the lightning rounds after we thank our sponsors. 
Fire Nation, without cash flow, building a business is tough. There are a lot of startup expenses to consider, like your website hosting, your accounting software, your payment setup. Well, because PayPal believes in the power of entrepreneurship, they're awarding three businesses they think have major potential with $10,000 and a makeover from one of their partners. The PayPal 10K Business Makeover Contest is your chance to earn some cash flow for your business and take it to the next level. Each grand prize includes $10,000 in cash, a one-on-one payments consultation, and one of the following, a website makeover, which is a 12-month hosting subscription and 10 hours of one-on-one support with a specialist, or a back office makeover, which is 12 months of accounting software and advisory services. No purchases necessary to enter Fire Nation. Subject to rules, void where prohibited, must be 18 and a resident of one of the 50 United States or D.C. to enter. Enter by July 30th of 2017. Visit paypal.com slash fire to learn more. You know what's really frustrating? It can sometimes be a little embarrassing when you spend a lot of time in bandwidth creating something you're sure is going to work and then it bombs. Kind of like when you create a Facebook ad for a client or for your own business and the money goes out but nothing comes back in. Losing money, no matter whose it is, is no fun. And when you're working with clients, losing their trust is definitely not something you want to do. So why struggle trying to figure it out on your own when you can just copy Billy Jean? My friend Billy Jean is hosting a free training where he's going to select a random attendee and then build an entire Facebook advertising campaign from scratch the ad copy, the landing pages, and everything in between. He's also going to show you the same process he's used working with some of the world's largest franchises to get ROI. Claim your spot today at INeedThisTraining.com. That's INeedThisTraining.com. Liz, are you ready to rock the lightning rounds? <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I, I, I think I'm ready. You know, I was on concentration when I was a kid. I was actually on a TV game show, and I lost. And I've been trying to make up for it ever since. Well, I was on Price is Right, and I won a car. So one point oh, for John, God. zero point for Liz. <laughs> <laughs> so what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? You know, I don't think I, I was ever held by, by anything specific because I had a fantastic role model. My father ran a small business, but he also always was tinkering with things on the side and he invented some patents for things in his industry and he would be writing a play or doing something. So, you know, I had a great role model in that. So it, then I guess it's just a sense of security. But if you can live without security, being an entrepreneur is something I really love. What is the best advice you've ever received? Not surprisingly, I got it from the aforementioned father. When I went off to college, the only thing he said to me was, it doesn't matter what you study, just make sure you get the best professors. And that really did inform what I chose in college. But more than anything else, it informed the way I shopped for bosses in my career because it really taught me the lesson that there are lots of things you can be good at and can be interesting and you can thrive in. But if you're not in a positive work environment where your boss believes in you and can help bring out the best in you, then you're not really going to enjoy that. So that was the best advice. It took me till my junior year of college to figure that out about professors and I completely completely shifted everything to just doing that. And really? um, it made all the difference in the world. I mean, if there was one thing I could tell the freshman JLD, it would be like, find the amazing professors and just take their classes. I love that yes. advice. 
What's a personal habit, Liz, that contributes to your success? I have an actual work mantra that I learned from a guy who wrote a book called Civility, Rules of Considerate Conduct, which sounds really boring. But anyway, his definition of civility is that you should try to be strong, calm, and kind. And I saw that, I read that in that book, and I just adopted that as my work mantra, both as a boss and as a colleague, that if you can always try to be strong, calm, and kind, things are going to turn out okay. So sometimes I even like, if I'm in a really bad situation where I feel like I'm about to yell or the top of my head is about to blow off, I can kind of in my head just say, okay, Liz, just back off, just strong, calm, kind, strong, calm, (laughs) kind. And I can just a little internal reminder. And that actually, I think has helped me a lot. If you could recommend one book, what would it be and why? Now, I know you just shared that one book, but this could be a business book, a non-business book, just something maybe this, you know, on your beach book bags list this summer. Okay. I'm going to give you a total non-business cool. book, but I know you're former military, so yeah. you might you might enjoy this or have read it. And it's a novel. Joseph Heller's Catch-22 blew my mind when I read it. Uh, It was, you know, it was published in 61, but it's really about um, the paradoxes of life and bureaucratic absurdity. Mm. You know, catch-22, everyone knows the phrase now means sort of a no-win or absurd situation. But in the book, which is about uh, flyers in World War II, what catch-22 really was is that people who were crazy were not obliged to fly missions. But anyone who applied to stop flying missions was showing a rational concern for their safety and hence they were certified as sane. So it was the whole book is about just absurdity and paradoxes and how to kind of go on with your life uh, even if what everyone is telling you doesn't make any sense. Wow. And I love it. Sounds like my kind of book. I've never read it, which is shocking because, you know, they try to get us all the right books when we're getting trained as cadets and then officers. But Catch-22 is now on my beach book bag list. Well, it might not be something they recommend because let's just say their view of bureaucratic absurdity in the the military. That's probably it. Exactly, Liz, because, you know, you can't have any broken chain of command. Like, you got to respect the levels above you. So uh, that could be a, a book that's quietly on the military blacklist who knows this is is the opposite of everything they would want you to believe i think give us an internet resource that you really like you know like an evernote that you could share with our audience you know what i love buffer because i do so much social media over the course of the week i do it for i hate my boss i do it for satellite sisters and i do it for me personally and buffer allows me you know it's a dashboard where i can like put everything in in advance i can have all the links and so things are programmed to go out, but then also it's doing the analytics for me. So at the end of the week, I can see what got retweeted a lot or what people really liked. And I can see the big picture of my social media communication, not just one tweet at a time. Liz, this has gone too fast, but let's end this interview on fire with a parting piece of guidance. The best way that we can connect with you and then we'll say goodbye. Okay, connect with me on Twitter at SS Liz uh, is my personal handle, and at I Hate My Boss Show. And also, I have a um, a Twitter uh, mission, which is hashtag Stay Noisy. That's me. I just believe in speaking your mind, so you can find me at hashtag Stay Noisy. Love all of that, and Fire Nation. 
You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you've been hanging out with LD and JLD today, so keep up the heat. And Liz, I'm not going to let you get away without that parting piece of guidance, so what do you have for us? The reason I use Stay Noisy as my sort of personal handle is because I think you know in your heart what you th- what you think is just as important as what anyone else thinks and is just as relevant to things going on in the world. So don't be afraid to speak up. Just make sure you put your honest, authentic self out there and you'll be good. Head over to eofire.com, type Liz in the search bar. Her show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been talking about today. These are the best show notes in the biz, timestamps, links galore. And of course, check Liz out at SSLiz or at I Hate My Boss Show. And make sure you use the hashtag get noisy. Stay noisy. Stay noisy. (laughs) Stay noisy. (laughs) Yeah, why not? First, get noisy, Fire Nation. And then once you get noisy, hashtag stay noisy. (laughs) Liz, thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. JLD, you're the best. Hey, Fire Nation. Hope you enjoyed our chat with Liz today. And goals equal success. And with thefreedomjournal.com, you'll be accomplishing your number one goal in 100 days. And of course, podcast listeners, because I love you, use promo code podcast for a nice little discount. I'll catch you there or I'll catch you on the flip side. My friend Billy Jean is hosting a free training where he's going to build an entire Facebook advertising campaign from scratch. The ad copy, the landing pages, and everything in between. Why struggle trying to figure out Facebook ads on your own when you can just copy Billy Jean? Claim your spot today at INeedThisTraining.com. That's INeedThisTraining.com. The PayPal 10K Business Makeover Contest is your chance to earn some cash flow for your business and take it to the next level. No purchases necessary to enter, subject to rules, void where prohibited, must be 18 and a resident of one of the 50 United States or DC to enter. Enter by July 30th, 2017. Visit paypal.com slash fire to learn more.